0: If the city is going to change it's going to be because lots and lots of people individual to individual neighbor to neighbor can talk about the stuff hash it out improve their own understanding of the issues and then as educated citizens demand and hold their local leaders accountable for bringing about positive change and that's that's movement building and that's I think we're at the stage in strong towns where it's time kind of for us to shift from uh, just trying to diagnose and understand what's going on to trying to help, Every place in the country that, that wants to do this, every person in the country who wants to do this, to build a movement where we actually make change happen.
1: It's our Strong Towns membership drive. To become a member of Strong Towns, go to strongtowns.org and sign up today. Hey, Andrew, uh, how you doing, man? Doing great, Chuck. Thanks for calling. Where are you at today?
0: Uh, I'm uh, at my home office in uh, Raleigh, North
1: Carolina. Sweet. Why don't you, I mean, I, I know all about you. <laughs> you and I met, no. met many Ow. years ago. Yeah, we met through CNU years ago. But why, why don't you uh, let people know what it is that you actually do for a, a living? What's your day job?
0: Sure. Uh, I'm a software engineer. So uh, I work with a consulting company called Citrus Byte. We build uh, web applications mostly. We also do mobile development. We work for uh, clients of all different sizes, and uh, I'm a lead engineer, so I run a team of guys, and we we make apps for people.
1: How, how do, do you remember where you and I met? I can't exactly. It was it. I, yeah,
0: I, I remember. We I, we was in Miami.
1: I was going to say um, it was either New Orleans or South Beach. Yeah, it was Miami. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, South Beach. Yeah, uh, yeah, at the uh, NextGen Summit, I had met Dan Bartman that year, and uh, we had become. Yeah, fast friends and hung out and we're doing stuff together. And um, uh, Dan was involved in that group, and he told me before uh, I even went, he he invited me and then said, "By the way, while you're there, you need to make sure you and uh, this guy Chuck Marone you need to uh, be sure you connect because you're interested in the same thing." And I thought, "Okay, <laughs> cool." Yeah. And then I got there and, and you were like already starting to have kind of minor celebrity status. So I was like, Oh gee, how am I going to get on this guy's radar? So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I think, I feel like I have the feeling that that first time that uh, we only like loosely, loosely connected. Cause uh, you know, you, you were like already drifting, like I said, to the center of attention. I was kind of brand new to the group, but, um, but we did talk. And if I remember right, um, you know, you saw my presentation and I think you were like, you know, that's kind of interesting, but it's like the Pecha Kucha style thing. So two or three minutes. Right. And uh, then, then a couple months later, if I remember right, a couple months later was the CNU uh, next gen event where I introduced the, uh, uh, some of the property value theory stuff and the adaptive code. It it was the adaptive code.
1: Yeah. It was the adaptive code that, I mean, the, 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 the the other one is was really good, and I remember your presentation being one of the best ones at the next gen. But it was the adaptive code that just blew my mind because I, I have been kind of struggling in my mind for quite a while with the concept, and then all of a sudden, here's this guy who you know I had met and and talked to a little bit and thought was pretty cool, but then all of a sudden here he has solved you know the problems that I was trying to deal with. Uh, I know you don't think it's solved. I know there's still more work to do on it. But... <laughs>
0: no, I think it's super solved. I just don't think any any uh, unit of government will ever try it. So <laughs> but what's um, not solved is the politics. We need we need uh, we need you to be king of town so that we can just uh, you know put it in you. place. But I hear you. No, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of things that need to be worked out. But I think it's you know those ideas are at the stage where you're going to need experimental. You know, experimental use just to, to figure out the nuances from there. You know, I think the the, the theory is sound, but you got to like carefully incrementally test it out, or else you have no idea you right. know how it will actually play out in practice.
1: Right. You have been for a long time. That's a huge
0: tease, by the way. We should probably do a podcast episode about what those oh, ideas actually are. My point. gosh,
1: I would <laughs> I would love to. I, I'd love to. I'd love to get it out there too. I mean, really. Okay. Uh, this is our membership week, and we're trying to encourage people to be members of Strong Towns. You, you've you been intimately involved here for quite a while, and I guess I'd like to just give you the floor for a second and just say, you know, what, what drew you to Strong Towns and why have you stuck around and become uh, a very important part of what it is that we do?
0: Yeah, sure. Um... Well, you know, I mean, obviously, in my case, there's some personal relationships that sort of predate uh, getting into the organization. But I think the reason that from from kind of like day one, I was interested in in getting to know you. And I also kind of uh, I knew Jim already, but I got to know him better like about the same time I was kind of starting to become better friends with Jim. But the reason was the the sort of course that I set of ideas that were just at that time just gelling into strong towns. And the more that that's proceeded, the more I would say I've been just hooked, you know, and that's just, we're looking around and all of us, all of us can look around and see there's big problems that country is facing. And when you, you know, we just survived an election season. I don't know if it was as miserable for you as it was for me, but uh, it was miserable. If the same. Yeah. Same stupid advertising, uh, day in, day out of it, you know, Oh, the world is falling in on its face because that other party is in power and it's going to all be roses and beautiful rainbows. As soon as you give us the keys again, and we're going to fix everything. But it's like, you know, there's no, it's all the same. You know, nobody's actually talking about doing anything significantly different than what we've done. It's so easy to get everybody to agree that things are going badly. And yet anybody who talks about trying to solve problems, you know, all the sort of uh, powers that be just sort of lash them out of the room, you know? And that, that just, I, I just, I just can't take it, you know. I'm just tired of that stuff.
1: So right, right,
0: sitting down and talking with you and Jim, and then as this whole thing began to really grow into Strong Town as a as a member organization and everything, you know, these are people who are conservatives and liberals and Democrats and Republicans and all kinds of other uh, anti-partisan. I, I personally would consider myself anti-partisan. I, I don't really identify with either party. You know, postpartisan. I've heard other people say, but people from all over the map who can sit down and say, "Look, there are plenty of, you know, plenty of issues where we may not have uh, agreement on on the details, but there's a huge body of stuff that we totally see eye to eye about." You know, we just need the government at a certain minimum level has basic responsibilities that it doesn't feel like it's meeting right now. We just need to, you know keep the city as a little unit of the economy just functioning, just being a good place to live and work and a place where things are are stable or improving, you know? And it doesn't feel that way. It feels like places are getting worse. The quality of life is going down. And, you know, our friend Ian talks about the party analogy that, you know, the the party should be getting better. Historically, we look back and as cities grew, everybody thought that growth was a good thing and growth was exciting because it meant you got more good stuff. And now it feels like growth means you get more bad stuff. It's like the whole thing has changed. So at this big picture, picture economic sense, people seem to all still believe that growth is going to be good. But when you get into the details, nobody wants growth to come near them. Nobody wants, you know, another subdivision down the street from them. Nobody wants another strip mall in place of the, uh, you know, the field or the the forest or whatever that's around them, or the farm that's around them. Everyone wants to be like the last neighborhood in, you know? Right. And it's like, that just doesn't make sense, right? And those are the sort of basic, day-to-day, mundane operations of our uh, collective public interests, which we exercise through government, that just feel so broken right now. And it's like, how can we worry about these, or how can we, you know, have these lofty arguments about, these big national issues when at a local level, things are just so dysfunctional. So I think that's what kind of ropes me in. And I feel like it's been more and more exciting every day. We have all these amazing people who come together. We just have a national gathering. And I mean, talk about a room full of people who give you hope. This is just so many great people who are so ready and so willing to put down little quibbles and focus on the really important things that, you know, that, that affect all of our, our futures and really try hard to come up with practical, implementable, realistic solutions, um, you know, ways that we can all look forward to a future where we you know, we look, look at our kids and say they're going to have a better life than we did. You know, yeah, that, that's something that's such a part of our American identity that every generation was optimistic and believed that their kids were going to have a better life. But I feel like that's really in jeopardy right now, but it doesn't need to be, you know, we just get back to basics. And it would not need to be that way. So, right. Anyway, that's that's my hook. I, I feel like strong towns is where it's happening. It's where the you know the whole shape of the country looks looks different if you look at it through this other lens of just being practical, getting back to basics, focusing on the real day to day issues of just operating a, a civil society. You know, and that's what I feel like strong towns is all about.
1: Now we. You've you've volunteered with us for a long time. I mean, you've you've written a lot of articles. You've been a close friend and advisor. Uh, You've helped us with some computer programming stuff kind of on the side. Uh, We roped you into being on the board this year. (laughs) And we're actually. Yeah, we're actually going to have our first official board meeting with you on the board here at the end of this month or early next month. Uh, you know, what are some of the things, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, and realize you're one board member of many, and it's going to be a lot of people having input on the direction of this organization. But what what's one of the things that you're hoping for for the future of Strong Towns?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot, that we're at a point where we've got a lot of the basic, you know, we've, we've struggled and wrestled and fought with all these basic ideas of why do things feel broken? And, you know, that's kind of like the first several years of history of the Strong Towns blog. which are just trying to pick apart. How does our, how do our local units of government and our local units of economy function? And what is it? that it feels, it, something feels wrong there. What is it? What's really going on? And I feel like, you know, we're at the point where those ideas have been tested and have, have evolved and have matured, and now, you know, you go out to places and give the, the, the curbside chat talking about all the stuff that we've begun to understand over the last few years, and everyone in the crowd is just immediately resonating, going, that's it, like, that's what's going on, right? And so now we're shifting from kind of trying to understand and diagnose what's going on to actually trying to really do stuff about it. But the thing is, you know, we live in a democratic society, which is a great thing we're all grateful for, you know, that that we have this chance to participate in our own Mm -hmm. governance. But the consequence of that is that uh, a single small group of people can't just go, you know, say, oh, here's the problem and, you know, poof, we're just going to change everything and fix it. And then we really have to build entire communities of people who understand these issues and who are willing to go stand up and and exercise their political authority at the ballot box and put their own people, you know, in, in positions on school boards and city councils and, you know, neighborhood planning commissions and, you know, everywhere, right? Just to, to be the voice of reason in those, those forums. And none of that's going to happen if you don't have a large critical mass of local people who really get it and really care. So it's not about trying to form a political party, but it's about, you know, looking at something like the environmental movement that you know, 20 years ago was irrelevant. And now, you know, a majority of people in the country are at least aware of the idea that there are environmental problems that we're dealing with right now that we need to be tuned into. And if you get a political candidate who's just completely oblivious to that or who says, like, no, that's all hocus pocus, I don't care, like, and doesn't care at all, that's almost become... Uh, politically inviolable, you know, like a like a, a, a candidacy killer by itself, you know, and w- whichever party you're in or, or anything else, um, you have to at least be sensitive to and be considerate of those issues. And the reason is because there's just such a widespread awareness and understanding and concern. Now, you know, that, that movement, I don't think is as uh, is a, is a perfect parallel to us, but I think you have a similar need. If we're going to see cities change, cities aren't, a thing. Cities are a collection of lots and lots of people, right? And so if the city is going to change, it's going to be because lots and lots of people, individual to individual, neighbor to neighbor, can talk about this stuff, hash it out, improve their own understanding of the issues, and then, as educated citizens, demand and hold their local leaders accountable for bringing about positive change. And that's that's movement building. And that's, I think, we're at the stage in Strong Towns where it's time for us to shift from Uh, just trying to diagnose and understand what's going on to try to help every place in the country that that wants to do this, every person in the country who wants to do this, to build a movement where we actually make change happen. And so I, I think the biggest thing we're trying to achieve now is just that scale. The nationwide network, and particularly I'd love to see us over the next year, focus on you know, a small number of places where we already have a little bit of critical mass, seeing if we can really or a little bit of traction anyway, see if we can start to really have some critical mass in a few places that for whatever reason, you know, places like Memphis where we've got lots of great friends doing lots of great work. And you know, there's there's been some conversations in Minneapolis, there's been some stuff in you know, Oklahoma and Dallas and Austin. I know these are all all places where we're starting to have this sort of feeling that you might have enough people to really start to matter. And I'd love to see us just double and triple down on that and and start to really build large, consequential uh, groups of people in these places who can start to influence the way things are going there. And I think, you know, we got to start small and be realistic and kind of go one person at a time. But but I think that's what we're trying to do, and I think that's what we're going to continue to try and do. And there's going to be lots of bumps along that road. It's going to take a really long time, but I think this is the first year that that'll be kind of front and center as the, the biggest um you know, biggest, highest priority for the organization, and uh, I think it will probably stay the biggest, highest priority for the organization for a while. I think we're, we're going to have a full I expect this to be a phase um, that we are are in for kind of a, a while, maybe, you know, who knows, years. I don't, I don't know how many years. Nobody can predict the future, but I think this is something we're going to be working on for a long time, but – I think this next year is going to be really exciting, because I think it's going to be the first time we've really concentrated on this specific issue. And, and I hope we'll see a lot of progress and learn a lot along the way and, you know, then fine tune our strategy as we go and get better at it every year until we're starting to really, you know, have a, a system and a method and, and the, the tools and the skills and experience to be able to go to a community, identify, you know, you know bring this educational message, talk about these issues. And when we're done, uh, have a clear roadmap people can follow, and say, "Look, you know, neighbor to neighbor, talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers, build the coalition, and you can start to make change happen." And we know you can do it because we've already seen huge progress in some of these leading places that got on board early, and they've kind of paved the way and sort of drawn the roadmap for you. And and you know, then it can snowball from there and become a national. Uh, country and, you know, state, and then eventually nation influencing movement. So I think that's, I think we're turning that corner now and, you know, who knows what the future holds, but I'm optimistic and excited about it. So I think now's an exciting time to be in. I feel like you're still one of the first, you know, first people to get really committed to this.
1: Right. Hey, I, I want to reassure our listeners, because this is a short. We're do- <laughs> I, I want to reassure our listeners that we're going to have you back on the podcast, if not yet this year, because I, I know we're planning to do some recording when we're in New York uh, early next month for our board meeting. Uh, but for sure next year, uh, you are a fascinating guy. I love listening to you talk. I'm, I'm inspired by you. And I, I know our listeners are too. And I, I want to reassure them that now that we, now that you're on the board, you can't really say no either. I mean, I gotta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that's okay. I like podcasting. But yeah. podcasting is actually, for me, I feel like, easier and better than writing because, you know, in uh, writing is a wonderful thing. I love, I, I love writing and I really appreciate writers, but, you know, for me, these are things that flow better in conversation and that through the kind of back and forth, you're able to just really get a, a, a lot of insight. And then the beauty of it is because you've recorded it, you know, normally you have these profound conversations and afterwards you look back on it and think, Oh man, that. I, that conversation influenced me so much in some way, but I can only just remember the, the feeling I had afterwards. I don't really remember all the details. But I love podcasting and recording these these things because you have an actual record you can go back to later and think. And that conversation resonated with me so deeply,
1: and I can go back and replay it and be,
0: be re-influenced all over again. So, right. Anyway, right. I love these. I'm happy to podcast anytime.
1: Hey, thanks for all you do as a member And thanks for being a strong supporter. And and thanks for doing what you do to build Strong Towns. I I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, thanks, Chuck. Likewise. Take care. Take care.
1: We need your support here at Strong Towns. Become a member today by going to strongtowns.org.